Welcome to the I'm Not a Barista podcast. We're here to talk about all things coffee, from industry careers, brewing tips, community support, and more, with some really incredible people who love coffee as much as you do. Because humanity runs on coffee, and together we can empower all the people behind every cup. So, what's up? Nothing much, man. Um, been great. Been seeing a lot of things today. Brewing some coffee yourself? Cheers. This is my fourth cup of coffee today. No way. How many cups you drink, bro? Yeah, a lot. A lot. <laughs> I run out <laughs> of coffee very, every week. That's a lot. So earlier we featured a story and then we got to know a little bit about you, where you're from and how your coffee journey started. Um, mm-hmm. You're from Thailand. Yes, I am. And in this article, we got to know you, you are promoting Thai coffee farmers. And for me, I have never tried coffee from Thailand. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's very interesting. Like only last year, I started to know Indian coffee. So I'm pretty sure there are a lot of great coffee out there. I haven't tried. I'm not barista. So, you know. So tell us about how you start your coffee journey. Not a long time ago, right? Yep, not too long ago, about two years, I think. Yeah, so I was starting the coffee when the farmer sent me the coffee bag. Like he sent me like three bag of coffee, which is first bright roast, um, second medium roasted, and third one is the dark roast. So pretty much, I have no clue on how to brew a coffee at the time. I barely drink coffee. Uh, I usually drink instant coffee at work because I work in the like co-working space environment. So usually I drink instant coffee and, you know, during the COVID situation and things happen, uh, I was staying home and the farmer and my friend just sent me a coffee from the northern of Thailand, which is Chiang Mai. Oh, no, sorry, Chiang Rai. And yeah, that's it. That's the, that's the starting point on how I get to know coffee because they sent me and shipped me the bean and didn't tell me anything about the bean. So I was figuring it out myself, searching about like uh, how to brew coffee with just a bean. And it was very fun because, you know, sometimes you only drink instant coffee and you never know this thing exists like coffee grinder. And I, I never know there's a <laughs> coffee grinder. <laughs> so I was searching on like um, what kind of coffee grinder I need and what is the beginning and, and where I can start brewing a coffee with a coffee grinder. And after that, I found that French press is a, is a very beginner too and good after you have a grinder. So I went to the mall, um, do a shopping around in, in Thailand and Bangkok. And I found like no coffee equipment at the mall, no coffee equipment at the cafe. And only a certain cafe has the coffee equipment at the time when I was started, which was surprising. And I was like, huh. There's no way people would like have no clue about the coffee grinder. And I believe that there's more people who doesn't know about coffee grinder and how to brew coffee like me. So I found myself to get a cup of like a couple of coffee grinder. Um, my first grinder was Hario. Um, I forgot what that the name behind is the Hario grinder with the milk grinder, which is ceramic. Um, I, I'm sure you have seen it. And I got one friend press from IKEA or IKEA and I brew coffee. That's the first coffee I had. And at first I don't understand the coffee at all. So I tried to do like, I want to do a mocha. (laughs) 
like a mocha with fan press because you know <laughs> i have no idea how bro. did i go <laughs> um it was good actually i brewed dark roast coffee and i add some milk and chocolate there it is taste decent but not as good as starbucks mocha and and you know other place for sure but it's kind of decent and at the start but then i brew other coffee with friend press which is the the light roasted which i have never tried a right roast coffee before and when i had it it was like it was weird it's it's high acidity i i forgot the flavor of it already like which flavor i got but it's more like on fruity size and does keep me wonder like why the coffee tastes this way and then i start to do more research about it right like oh coffee can be fruity coffee can be grape coffee can taste like apple coffee can taste like nutty and stuff and no one told start- you about that before no <laughs> no one no one larry coffee should be bitter yeah i know right <laughs> so so that's the way it is i start to learn about it and as i told you right at the beginning that you know i feel like there are more people who doesn't know like me so i start to write a content about like coffee about how to brew a coffee about the type of the coffee and the more you get into it there's more in the coffee size like processing like washed natural um you know anaerobic or honey and how how are they different and no one talked about it at the time i was I mean, there are certain people talk about it, but they are a very expert in the industry. And when I read it, it's it's very hard to contain and very hard and difficult to understand, right? So I try to put it more in a sim- simply word. I would say, like, why honey? Um, what different in a very simple word? And that when I start and I start to buy more coffee grinder because I feel like it's cool. So I bought a lot more like Polak grinder. Um, the Helm grinder, which is Remy now, um, until I got the Comandante at the time and I got Kinu as well. And I, I like to compare them with the same coffee bean and tell people about how things go and stuff. So that's the beginning of my coffee. <laughs> wow. I, you, you said that everything started about two years ago only. Yep. That's right. And after two years, you have your own coffee business. That's insane. <laughs> Indeed, but it's very fast. It is fast because of the community moved me through, and the people who support me. After I got into the coffee, I feel like the Thailand coffee community are very strong and tight. So when you need to know something, you can ask people about it. And there's a lot of Facebook group that talk about like how to fix your coffee routine, how to make it better, how to brew better, or how things work, how to do cupping and stuff. So in Thailand, there's they're very cool. I think like people know things about coffee now. Like the market here moved very quick too within this two year from the people who drink Starbucks and now they moved to like brewing at home now, drinking like expensive geisha, um, expensive like wow, uh, what's it called? Um, Eugenides that one last year. <laughs> it's pretty crazy here. That yeah. sounds beautiful. All the coffee you are promoting or you're selling or you're dealing with, they are original from Thailand. Um, first from Thailand and, and from the other origin as well. Okay, so tell us more about the coffee from Thailand. We never heard 
too much about it. Most talk about Brazil, right? Colombia. In, in Asia, we talk about Indonesian coffee. Maybe sometimes Indian coffee, but Thailand, Thailand doesn't sound like a country has anything associated with hmm. the coffee. Indeed. Um, I think the coffee in Thailand started a couple years ago. Like, I, I, I don't know the exact number, maybe 30 years ago that, you know, people grow, grow the other plant and then it doesn't work in that way. So the king of Thailand, right, the king number nine, he was on the mountain and found that, you know, maybe you should grow coffee here. Since, you know, the, the latitude and longitude is high enough for, for the farmer to grow coffee. So he bought a coffee from Colombia um, to, to kind of start growing in Thailand. And then it's expand to Tipica, um, Katui, I think. I think that's what's Katui and Katula. Um, bourbon, red bourbon, yellow bourbon. That's what, that's what brings to Thailand. And, and that's the start. Um, Thailand coffee is still new in the market, I would say, according to the people who in the industry for me before. But, you know, things get improved a lot. Um, but the density of the coffee is still not as much as the Colombian and Panama or, you know, Honduras and stuff. But I think we are getting there. We're starting to learn how to grow coffee better. And there's a lot of cute writers here in Thailand now who are trying to help the coffee local farmer involve Arabica and Robusta Sai. So I think, I think it's new, but it will be here and reach the standard soon so you guys can have it freely in the future. That sounds awesome. And it's fabulous. You're helping the farmers to figure out a new way. So we're talking about everything happening within two years. And for me, it's unbelievable. It's just <laughs> thanks, bro. so fast, you know, from one to 100, it's like real quick. Yeah, um, <laughs> I want to ask you, what did you do before coffee? You're, you said that you started your coffee journey in the pandemic. What right. happened before pandemic? What did you do? Sure. So before I started the coffee business, I was working on a startup named Sneak. Um, we are doing the platform where you can plan a trip by selecting a photo. So pretty much it's easy as you have a photo and you can plan a trip based on the platform. So anywhere you want to go, any photo you want to see, um, you can select it. And our platform will create the itinerary for you, for you to go from A to B to C and tell you the exact location, how and where and how much money would get you there. So pretty much that's the whole concept. We want to make a trip planning easier and faster than in the way. And also, as you know, that picture word, thousand word, right? So we represent photo for them to like, hey, I want to go there. That's pretty and that's the view that I want to be there once in life. So that's how we gathering to gather information and help them plan a trip. So when, when did you start that sneak? When did you launch it? Hmm, that would be 2018. And, and then we start from that till 2021st. Yeah, that's, that's how we kind of stop the operation. Yeah, that sucks, right? Um, after launching that startup and right. then pandemic hits and you're working, uh, that industry needs traveling. <laughs> right, I know, right? But it's, it's happened sometimes. You just need to adapt and, you know, industry change. Um, you just need to overcome yourself. Sometimes it's very difficult. And, and I can say that the time when I was with Sneak was very difficult. And 
luckily because of the coffee bag that I have, the support from my family, my wife, my parent, my friend is kind of get me through it. And yeah, that's, that's, that's it. So definitely you have a lot of a real experience working as the entrepreneur and then you can quickly start your own company called 50 Milk Straight. <laughs> That's right. Uh, how milk. did you get that name? What does it mean? <laughs> it's very cheesy the, the, how I get to the name. So the name is 50 Milk Street. It's the street where one of the building in Boston, right? And this building has a lot of company there. Like there's the Cambridge Innovation Center. So a lot of startup grow there. A lot of startup happening to be in 50 Mill Street before going to fundraising in San Francisco, Silicon Valley and stuff. And my first startup when I was in the U.S. start from there. And in addition on that, 50 Mill Street is where I asked my wife to be my girlfriend at the time. So it was very special to me. So I named the store 50 Mill Street after, after the pandemic and you know, I think it's a nice name and very good meaning for myself. So that's how the name came from. Thanks for explaining to it. So now <laughs> it makes sense. Um, in the article, you mentioned that every month you could sell 300 yeah. items from your shop. That's a lot. How is that possible? You know, I, I know many business owners, uh, online uh, e-commerce owners, they recently started own business and they are struggling a lot. They know the market is growing because the pandemic is still there and the people still brew coffee at home and they spend a lot on it, but they just cannot sell their tools. How did you make well, that happen? I think, I think if it's, not, it's a not a secret. I think it's more like discipline and how you work through it. And, you know, people give you opportunity and stuff. And I was lucky that 50 Mill Street was starting with a page to build a community, right? To give a knowledge to people. And that's, that's how we call inbound marketing. And that's what I learned back in the U.S. in 2015, 16, I guess. It's, it's the time where you build marketing to kind of interact with people to come to you and building a very good SEO, building a very good place where people can find you. And that's how I apply to my business, right? So I build a community. I got a very strong community. And after that, I start to sell because, you know, when you build a page, it's very hard to buy a revenue and generate some benefit. Um, that, that's why we start to see like what kind of coffee equipment does that is not here yet. So at the beginning, I was just doing a pre-order just like, you know, other people in the market. And I found one product that's very cool, which is pack kit. I, I think you, you have seen the name, um, the portable kettle that you can bring and brew anywhere. So that's our first product. We did the pre-order and people ordered from us, right? So we got a small margin at first and then we start to the Brubatal um, cold brew coffee, which their Brubatal cold brew are made by Hario, but they have a different color, right? It's blue and also gray. So that's technically very minimal and I love it. So I start to do another pre-order on that and that's how I generate the first revenue. And just need to say that when Sneak, before Sneak passed, um, we almost lost all the money we have because we put all the money to investment, right? So I don't have cash to start oh. a new business right away. So, so technically, that's why I do the pre-order for the good and also copy equipment at the time. And after you kind of start the pre-order, I start to get a money 
and I start to get attraction, which is more valuable than the money I get. Because the traction that I have, I can present it to the company of the distributor in Thailand, such as Philo and also Kinto at the same time. And after I got a very good traction, I went to Kinto and Philo to talk about like how I could sell their product, but I don't have money. <laughs> so they would be like, well, you don't have money, but you want to sell our product? Well, are you serious? <laughs> and I was like, well, um, I mean, I've, I've been doing a lot of research on internet that you can do this. ABC, we can do a contract, we can do a consignment and, and such. Uh, I could sell you a product. I could be a market for you guys. The reason because I have enough market for you and we can do, we can increase your market share. So that's the beginning how I pitched to Kinto and Kinto was like, yeah. And it worked. And it worked. <laughs> Were you talking to Christopher or? No, I wasn't talking to Christopher. I, thought, I talked to the people in Thailand. Um, I talked to Kun Ping. Ah. I think Kun Ping is, is the only sole distributor of Kinto in Thailand. Um, he, she still is. And she gave me the opportunity. And also during the time when we keep on working together on Kinto, uh, we start to file Blue Box together. So Blue Box was filed with, um, by me and, and Piping Kinto. That's awesome. You're, so, you're a smart guy. Yeah. You can start a business without money. <laughs> I think. Oh, it's hard, man. Uh, it, it's difficult. It's not easy. We, we all have to learn from that, especially us. <laughs> it, it's difficult. It's not easy. It's like you, you need to keep selling your dream and you have to fake it until you make it, you know? Yeah. I I believe that is one of the the attributes that many coffee people, they are not aware of or they don't have, let's say, new business owners. And as you may know that many coffee people, they start their career as a barista, and then they save some money, they open their own shop, maybe they become a roaster, and they sell their own coffee. But then it's just hard for them to take off, for the business to take off, because they are lack of this kind of mentality. Like you say, you have to fake right. it to make yeah, it, right? Yeah, you do, man. <laughs> wow, what a story, man. Um, I understand... To get to know specialty coffee could be very, very difficult. I remember back a few years ago, I think I started around 2017. Mm -hmm. I got my first Harriel, a kettle. I just had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was Google, but you know, there were a lot of information on the internet. You don't know which one you need to follow. Right. Someone saying, oh, this is better. The other one's better. And there's a recipe and there's a grinder and grinders are different. different. Um, what is the most challenging thing have you ever made during your uh, beginning? The most challenge, I think, is the leaderboard game. I think that, that's the most challenge for me to learn about the coffee variety and the flavor of the coffee from each origin or each country. And, and yeah, that, that's the most challenging for me. The coffee equipment, I think, is reasonable and you can kind of get to know them one by one. And it's, it's not too complicated to kind of see how things work, like physically. It is more like science on that, on that way, right? But when you come to the filling part, which is the coffee, coffee bean, which is special first. And also like you need a lot of experience. You need to try a lot of coffee to be able to kind of explain and tell which coffee from where and which coffee from which altitude and longitude, right? And which coffee is from which roastery, which coffee is from air, which coffee is from heat. It is all crazy 
<laughs> and that's how I learned about coffee variety very quickly as well. So that was the most challenging part? Mm, more, I think the coffee, the, defining coffee is the most challenging for me. Like which coffee from where, even especially in Thailand, it's very difficult to define it, this, the typical or this, this, this bourbon because, you know, they, they're still not fully developed in Thailand, but, but they will get there. And, and you can't, you can't separate it. It's very difficult. And also like identify by leaf of the coffee tree that that's difficult to, <laughs> it's need a lot of experience. Wow. You really go into that direction to become a coffee nerd per nerdy <laughs> person because you're talking about the sensory, the science and stuff. And most people don't want to go through that. I hate that part. I don't understand the charts and then the flavors. I, I just hate it. I, I wish I could just make a cup of coffee easily. And yeah, it's good. I, I wish to do that. Um, definitely. I think it is challenging. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is the fun part? The fun part? The fun part is sharing coffee. <laughs> I love sharing coffee with people. And I love to learn more about coffee and how the other think about the coffee. So there, there, was, there was one time we, we kind of got the coffee from the auction. It's the Ethiopia, Ethiopia COE number 1A. Um, the auction happened in 2021. And we put that on Rocks, right? So we bring one of the coffee to each roaster and let them brew it for us. And then after we do that, we kind of see a lot of things happening. We see one roaster use, you know, V60 and get one flavor. Um, the, the one roaster like to use Lily and is get one flavor. And, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to go drink the same exact coffee with different flavor and also different perspective, different, um, what's it called? Description and describe how coffee works. And it, it's actually surprised how each coffee represents the roster. <laughs> it's very cool. It's the fun part of it. And especially coffee. Yeah. That's when you invest time and money into it and then drinking coffee, just more than a activity, right? It's become a part of right. life, your routine of life. Right. Surely. Um, let's talk about coffee in Thailand. How do you mm -hmm. tell other people introduce Thai coffee? How do you introduce Thai coffee? Like, how do you describe them? Hmm, that's a very hard question. I think, and to introduce Thai coffee, I think you you need to try to get to know Thai culture. I think Thai culture is very nice. The Thai coffee is also nice. It's kind, <laughs> so you would feel the kindness of the coffee. That's how I would describe Thai people are very kind. Thai people are very special, and the farmer work very hard. And the farmer are very talented here in Thailand. And one other thing in Thailand is that we can build a very small lot right now um, because we seem like we cannot produce a high volume of production at the moment. And we have a lot of like small farm in Thailand. And surprisingly, I, I love how the local farmer roast their own coffee and sell. <laughs> That's very interesting. I don't think I, I talked to you like about a days ago about this and it, it seemed like not happening the other place in the world. But in Thailand, the farmer just roast their coffee and then they sell the coffee directly, building their own brand and just sell it to people. And they sell to Japan, sell to other places. Yeah. And in Japan, you can find Thai coffee easily now. They have a very good franchise there called Akama. Wow. And other places, you can find it in the US, um, the UK, 
But other places, I don't know. Maybe Russian is not famous yet. And that, that's one of the goals. <laughs> Actually, I can tell you that. Um, I have a friend, right. Max, from Singapore. Um, oh, we'll talk about your story. And he said lately, he's seeing a lot of uh, <laughs> coffee from yeah. Thailand in Singapore. Yeah. And they are pretty good. And it's, it's very innovative now, too. Thai coffee, they, they kind of do a lot of experiment, I would say. Like in Colombia, you would have a special process, right? So in Thailand, they actually start doing that, too. Um, they do a lot of like some crazy anaerobic wash and some some weird yeast, some interesting yeast, like the yeast from the, what's it called, soy sauce. And they kind of bring it to ferment it with the coffee. It's, uh, I, it's, it's so many <laughs> things happening here now, man. It, it just, oh, my God. <laughs> so so later you can try the coffee and taste like, yeah, oh, I know, mommy right? flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's very creative. Yeah, very creative. Um, talented farmer. And it's true that we rarely see that coffee farmers, they grill their coffee and they roast them and they sell them. It's like yeah, one man group, you do everything yourself. Normally you have farmers doing the farming part and then the traders, the roaster do the roasting part and you have someone else brewing like baristas. So how is that possible for Thai farmers to do that? I mean, do they have enough time and money just to do everything themselves? Um, I think... It's because of the new generation of the coffee farmer. So this coffee farmer are the third generation, right? So in Thailand, the people from the north, like especially the farmer in coffee, they would send the kid to the city. So that I, I believe that how them how how things start. So when they get to the city, they would learn more about things and then they bring back to their own village. And after that they, they kinda bring innovation or creativity to their farm. And then think of their coffee can be better. And they kind of see example from like other places in the world, like for example, Ethiopia or, you know, Panama or, you know, Colombia. They would heard the story of like 90 plus and see how they do. They use a lot of yeast, they use fermentation and stuff. So that was like, how do I do that in Thailand too? And I want to do that. And a lot of like people in Thailand, they kind of like to go to the farmer. It's very interesting. It's like, a travel place for people who love coffee. So they would go to the north and visit the farm. And when they visit the farm, they would share their knowledge. They would share like they have the coffee from like maybe from Honduras tastes like this. And there's this kind of process, this kind of honey process. And how do you do? And how do you do your honey? And then they would explain, this is how I do my honey. And the customer are very smart. And also like the community of the coffee here in Thailand. So they would suggest the farmer. Which is very interesting, right? Because <laughs> usually the farmer community would yeah. have to kind of get to themselves and learn. But the roaster here in Thailand, they kind of love to support the farmer. So they would, they would do a direct trade to the farmer, right? Each farm. It's very interesting. So each, each roaster would have some kind of good relationship with one farm and they would source the, the local bean from that farmer. And and how they, they grow together. So they, when they do a uh, nano lot or micro lot, they would sell to each specific roaster. And this roaster will always visit the farmer. It's like kind of building the community and share feedback and stuff. So I think it's a very good, like, um, good start for Thai coffee and also very good behavior to improve the coffee quality in Thailand as well. That's amazing story. 
Thailand's a new country for coffee, already doing direct trade. And it's lovely to see communities there are so tight each other, baristas, sorry, roasters, and the farmers that work together and to benefit right. each other. I remember you mentioned that you want to help the farmers to, or to, fi- to help the coffee community grow 1% of GDP or somehow. What was that goal? Mm-hmm. Can, can you tell us more about it? <laughs> it's just a goal for myself. So I, I always dream of increasing one of the GDP in like the whole country or the whole like Southeast Asia. Um, that's my dream goal. I don't know how I would reach there, but that's, that's the dream when I was in like college and I want to do that. Um, it's a pretty cool dream, but it's very hard to kind of get through it and do that. Um, at the time, I thought travel would be the one when I was working on the travel tech, right? The sneak, the picture group planner. And I was, I would be able to do that with the travel industry. But because of the COVID, um, make me have to move the industry, but you know, you can't stop. And coffee is one of the kind of the, what's it called? The agriculture that can grow. And there's a very huge volume of this. So. If I could help the coffee, coffee community, both in Thailand and other places like Myanmar, Laos, um, Vietnam, or Indonesia, and if they grow, they could reach my goal one day. I don't know, maybe coffee would be my thing, or maybe something else would be my thing in the future. But my goal is always support the community and bring together to the one GDP of, um, of the whole entire country. And I cannot do this alone. It's need people around me. It's need people who are trying to do things to make things better for their life, to help us increase to go as a community or as a whole nation or religion to uprise together to be a 1%, which is not easy. <laughs> yeah, I agree that 1% GDP, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And man. if you talk about many smaller countries and right. new in coffee and that's very challenging, but it's fantastic. You have this goal and I believe many people agree with you and they want to support you and make it happen. And you just re- remind me that you have a company called mm-hmm. Snake earlier. That's a virtual virtual yep. based mm-hmm. travel platform. And uh, have you ever thought about to connect that with the coffee industry? Because you visit coffee farmers a lot. And you know, a lot of people that pay a lot to go to coffee farms to, to <laughs> pick cherries. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually did a coffee project before. I do a cafe, cafe hopping. So I turned because of the COVID, right? And people cannot travel internationally. So we turned the sneak to cafe hopper. So we would have a lot of cafe photo and people can kind of hop and go to cafe based on the picture they see. But, you know, it's very hard to generate the revenue. Um, you know, you need to do a lot of small share profit with the cafe and very hard to track. And also the COVID come again and multiple time, which we have to drop that project too. And that's why we, we kind of turned to coffee fully. Um, to be honest, thinking about like bringing sneak to the farmer, I think it's possible. I, I, I honestly think it's possible. But during the time of your journey, sometimes you need to be focused on things. If you focus so, to so many things, it would be difficult for you to manage, especially if you have a small team right now. And also the sneak or the platform require a lot of tech person. And now we don't have the tech person anymore because you know, they work on the new job and stuff. And this is difficult and expensive part to be able to maintain and start a new project. So yeah, that's about it, man. 
Wow, what a wonderful story. I hope pandemic, when that is over, you can have your sneak back and then somehow connect with the coffee so people can really use your app to visit different countries and make their coffee trip. That would be amazing. Yeah, man, that would be awesome. Really great story. I have so many questions. I have a list, a full list of questions. Let me pick one. Interesting. <laughs> so, what next? <laughs> yeah, next question is <laughs> okay. It sounds like an interview question, but I want to ask you: Where do you see fifty milk straight in five years? In five years, I think we are on the way with our partner. Now we have a very good partner with How Claws. It's the brand from Korean. Um, they built the dripper called A27 dripper, which is very cool, and we we very interested in this kind of dripper. We we love to see different kind of dripper. And the performance of this zipper is pretty awesome. But, you know, we start to promote it. It's still new in the market, as you know. Uh, you may not heard of this brand before. And the other brand is called Aurea. Uh, you may have heard of this brand on Instagram. And, and yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're, they're big, big in Europe, Europe now. But before we, before I met Aurea, which is the owner of um, Aurea, um, at the time, they're, they're still not, not very viral as this. But I, I believe that this product could bring the world some new face of the dripper and also some new brewing method and stuff. Cause his, um, imagination is very wise. I, I literally like how he think about like the dripper and, you know, how the community would grow together as the coffee. And I think 50 mil street would grow along with them. Like the new brand that we built relationship together within five years. Um, in the Thai, in Thailand market, definitely I will try my best to reach, um, and take the, the market, the profit margin and, and the market share in Thailand as much as possible. Uh, would grow a team, would find more new product to add on to it. And we love kind of new product and, and innovation, um, coffee grinder and stuff to bring into, you know, the company. But we, we love new things. Dripper. Uh, whatever about coffee. <laughs> so we bring it there. So this is what 50 Mill Street would be and still be. But during the time, I think we would kind of focus more on coffee bean as well because we, we believe that the coffee bean is very important. And if we could, you know, export the coffee bean somehow and bring coffee bean in Thailand for people to get to know from outside of the country, I think that would be the next goal. But Within the next five years, that would still be 50 Mill Street, the coffee equipment store that would kind of keep accessible to the people in the market. And yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, five years. A lot of things could happen. And I, I wonder, do you have a physical store at this moment? No, we don't have the physical Not store. Yet. So everything should be done online. Correct. Okay. But you're selling a lot of gears there every month, as you say. I'm wondering, yeah. <laughs> how big is Thai market? I remember when I was in Thailand, I was there a few times, and then I was looking for especially good coffee. It was so difficult. It was difficult two years ago, man. It's, yeah. It's how big is the market right now? Yep. There's a very huge market. Um, Grow consistently. And, you know, based on our data, just only our data store. I have another people data as well, but I think based on our store would be better. We have a lot of retention <laughs> on buying our own coffee. And especially what tell the most is how they buy a coffee 
the, the paper filter. So every month I generate a lot of sale via coffee filter, which tell a lot. A lot of home brewer are growing in Thailand right now. And you know, the coffee or the cafe or barista, they would buy from the distributor themselves already, right? But the home brewer, uh, they still buy online like this. And at least 200 order are, no, not 200. About 150 order are like the paper filter already, which grow where every month. And this retention tell us a lot about how Thai wow. people drink coffee. And I am only one store, right? In Thailand, they have a lot of store, like a lot of coffee store. Wow. And they sell a lot of like coffee paper filter. According to what I seen from the other store and also my neighbor, they sell like 300 paper filter a month, which is a lot. And I think 10 store, that would be 3,000. And if you yeah. think about that, it's over 30,000 people ordering paper filter a day, which is home viewer. Wow. So that's the market, man. It's, it changed a lot. Yeah, that's growing very fast. You consider how small Thailand. Right. It is it's small, but big. <laughs> yeah, small is growing fast. So listeners, if you're a business <laughs> owner, you are selling drapers, grinders, including Amna Bursa waiting, selling <laughs> grinders to too. <laughs> soon, very soon. You have to talk to Pac, right? Because he's the guy <laughs> in Thailand can help you to grow your business there. And uh, it's a great opportunity. You yep. have to catch this opportunity. Thailand. Next time we visit Thailand, we don't just visit restaurants or good bars. We need to visit farms. We need to talk to Pack about the business, right? <laughs> oh, you just sell things. Yeah, visit farm is a must. It's, it's like a very must thing to do. Um, it's like you're going to... Well, one thing is that when you travel to the north and visit the, the farmer, they would have like a homestay and stuff. So you would get to eat and stay with the farmer. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> that sounds really amazing. That should be on your plan, you know, the app. Should like a yeah. virtual trip first. And we'll have to take a look how pack as many as day at a farm. <laughs> and by the way, this food is completely free. Yeah. And this is not a hotel. I'm not paying anything. It's free too. So come to Thailand. <laughs> yeah, you guys should, man. It's fun. Thailand is fun. Wow. Um, still, I'm amazed by how two years you can uh, achieve within these two years. I wonder how you previous startup experience at Nick, uh, Sneak mm -hmm. and many other experience help you to grow your business in hmm. a coffee? I think it's a very important question. And I think it would help a lot of people as well. Um, just to give a little more background about me, I have been working in the startup for over 10 years now. Like I have been in the startup since then, since in Boston and moved to Thailand working on Sneak. And now um, working on a small business, which is 50 mil street, right? What I learned is that when you start a business, right? Um, a lot of people would, would say no to you. And sometimes, you know, when they say no, it's okay. You, you just need to keep on walking. You need to be disciplined on things you do. Um, you cannot stop. And if thing doesn't work, you need to find a way to make it work. Um, I, I will talk about the small business side, not the startup size, because it would be different. In the small business, if you have things that you think is good and you cannot market to them, uh, you cannot market to the market. Yeah, I think that's the word. It, you just need to keep on going and try new things. Um, don't stop and don't stop learning. Ask a lot of people how they do. Apply other business industry and the method of the other industry to your business. 
like for example, if you see like coffee, it's not related to you know a healthcare, but sometimes healthcare business model would apply to a coffee business, which allow you to grow. And you know, no one gonna know which way would work, and you guys need to figure it out, right? But the only thing I can just say, suggest is that you know you you cannot give up just one no. Even even though you have ten no or ten thing doesn't work, please don't stop. There's always way to work. <laughs> Definitely, that's from someone who have startup experiences, right?、Uh, rejection means motivation. You have to keep going. Be stop burn. Right. And no doesn't mean any no. Right. You just need to keep going and then explore a little bit here. Keep going, and, man. And、uh, it's interesting. You you, you mentioned you use example that、uh, some business model from from the other industry can work in a coffee industry. Did you find something special that works in other industry, but you apply in the coffee industry and it works? I think it's the healthcare business that I found. So they have the program that allow you know you go educated the what's it called. The the patient, and then you sell the thing, such as Fifty Mill Street. We educated, we put a lot of content on education, and then we find a way to help the coffee, you know, home brew to fix their flavor of coffee, and that's how we do. So we we kind of know what to just suggest to the home brewer by knowing what they lack of. For example, if someone like come to you,、um, saying that okay, hey. My coffee is very, very acid, and I I don't want to acid. And how do I do? So first of all, you can fix it by you know, grinding a coffee. Like okay, the water keep on observing to the coffee, and the coffee would be less acid. And if the 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 flow rate go very fast, that would be more more acid, right? But the way to fix that you can do with the dripper yeah, too. Yeah. For example, you buy Kalida Wave. And you buy Brubato coffee dripper or the the flat bottom dripper that would help reduce acid, right? So that's how we go. We suggest them this would reduce the acid. We sell them. But one thing that we found is that you know people there are more people like him, the guy that come ask you. So you make a content based on that, and you sell the product that suit those people. You see what happening? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, makes sense. I, I remember my my business school experience. My my teacher always said, "Yeah, a business is always about solving a problem. If you help someone else to fix his problem or her problem, you can help many others, and the money just comes.、Right. So it makes sense." Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the healthcare. But meanwhile, you're helping people, so that's good. Right, healthcare they love doing this because it's very difficult and challenge for them to sell their product. So they always use this kind of strategy. To build their audience base. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I have learned a lot today about Thai Thailand people and, and the farmers and the coffee industry and your story. That's amazing. And thanks for sharing the tips how we can help new coffee entrepreneurs to improve their business performance. Right? Be stubborn. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for tuning in to this. I'm not a barista episode. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at I am not a barista for more empowering vibes and true coffee stories that connect you with coffee lovers around the world.